This is section 58 of Mark Twain's Speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Long Clam. Supper for Edwin Booth, Delmonico's, New York, March 30th, 1889. Read by John Greenman. Although I am debarred from making a speech by circumstances which I will presently explain, I yet claim the privilege of adding my voice to yours in deep and sincere welcome and homage to Edwin Booth, of adding my admiration of his long and illustrious career and blemishless character, and thereto my gratification in the consciousness that his great son is not yet westering, but stands in full glory in the zenith. I wish to ask your attention to a statement, in writing. It is not safe or wise to trust a serious matter to off-hand speech, especially when you are trying to explain a thing. Now, to make a clean breast, and expose the whole trouble right at the start, I have been entertaining a stranger." I have been at it two days and two nights, and am worn, and jaded, and in fact defeated. He may be known to some of you. He is classified in natural history as the Long Clam, and in my opinion is the most disastrous fish that swims the sea. If you don't know him personally, let him alone. Take him at hearsay, and meddle no further. He is a bivalve. When in his ulster he is shaped like a weaver's shuttle, but there the resemblance ends. The weaver's shuttle travels, but the long clam abides, and you can digest a weaver's shuttle if you wait and pray. It is your idea, of course, to entertain yourself with the long clam, so you lay him on a bed of coals. He opens his mouth like a carpet-sack and smiles. Uh, this looks like mutual regard, and you think you are friends, but it is not so. That smile means, it is your innings now, I'll see you later. You swallow the long clam and history begins. It begins, but it begins so remotely, so clandestinely, that you don't know it. You have several hours which you can't tell from repose. Then you go to bed. You close your eyes and think you are gliding off to sleep. It is at this point that the long clam rises up and goes to bat. The window rattles, the long clam calls your attention to it. You whirl out of bed and wedge the sash, the wrong sash. You get nearly to sleep. The sash rattles again. The long clam reminds you. You whirl out and pound in some more wedges. You plunge into bed with emphasis. A sort of bogus unconsciousness begins to dull your brain. Then some water begins to drip somewhere. Every drop that falls hurts. You think you will try mind-cure on that drip, and so neutralize its effects. 
this causes the long clam to smile you chafe and fret for fifteen minutes then you earthquake yourself out of bed and explore for that drip with a breaking heart and language to match but you never find it when you go to bed this time you understand that your faculties are all up for the night there is business on hand and you have got to superintend the procession begins to move all the crimes you have ever committed and which you supposed you had forgotten file past and every one of them carries a banner the long clam is on hand to comment all the dead and buried indignities you have ever suffered follow they bite like fangs they burn like fire the long clam is getting in his work now he has dug your conscience out and occupied the old stand and you will find that for real business one long clam is worth thirty consciences the rest of that night is slow torture at the stake there are lurid instants at intervals occupied by dreams dreams that stay only half a second but they seem to expose the whole universe and disembowel it before your eyes other dreams that sweep away the solar system and leave the shoreless void occupied from one end to the other by just you and the long clam now you know what it is to sit up with a long clam now you know what it is to try to entertain a long clam now you know what it is to keep a long clam amused to try to keep a long clam from feeling lonesome to try to make a long clam satisfied and happy as for me i would rather go on an orgy with anybody in the world than a long clam i would rather never have any fun at all than try to get it out of a long clam a long clam doesn't know when to stop after you've had all the fun you want the long clam is just getting fairly started in my opinion there is too much company about a long clam a long clam is more sociable than necessary i've got this one along yet it's two days now and this is the third night as far as i've got in all that time i haven't had a wink of sleep that didn't have an earthquake in it or a cyclone or an instantaneous photograph of shoal and so all that is left of me is a dissolving rag or two of former humanity and a fading memory of happier days the rest is long clam that is the explanation that is why i don't make a speech i am perfectly willing to make speeches for myself but i am not going to make speeches for any long clam that ever fluttered not after the way i've been treated not that i don't respect the long clam for i do i consider the long clam by long odds the capablest creature that swims the salt sea i consider the long clam 
the depew of the watery world just as i consider depew the long clam of the great world of intellect and oratory if any of you find life uneventful lacking variety not picturesque enough for you go into partnership with a long clam end of the long clam read by john greenman